Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one sleeping shield maiden at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 28, which starts with Sam giving uh, the closest look to an F.U. of anyone in this movie. <laughs> and um, But a subtle one. But a subtle one. But uh, it's it's a very clear, it's a very clear one. Yeah. But it's a very subtle facial facial expression. It's real good. I don't know. Good job, Sean Astin. I feel like Aragorn has one of those as well. Yeah, I'm sure he does. But I can't place it. Yeah. Uh, And this this minute ends with an incredibly sleepy Eowyn saying, what time is it? It's so cute. (laughs) It is really cute. She's so cute. Also, the, the, the nightgown and the little cloak that she's got over her are beautiful pieces of costuming. Yeah, okay. So... Do we want to talk about Sam's face? I love Sam's face. Yeah, let's talk about Sam's face. Okay, okay. I really, I, this is probably one of my favorite pieces of expression work that Sean Astin does in the whole trilogy. <laughs> because it's, it pairs so well with the look that Gollum gave him at the end of Last Minute. There's no way that he doesn't know that that smile is an evil smile. Oh, yeah, he knows. That's what his reaction is. He's just Why like, does he smile back? It's an incredibly sarcastic smile. He like twitches his lips. Yeah, and it's, smiles back. Yeah, it's 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 just a it's a it's an acknowledgement that the game is on. Ah, uh, the game is afoot. The game it is it. There is trouble afoot. <laughs> it is on like Donkey Kong, <laughs> and Sam intends to win, but will he? Um. Follow along. We'll see. Frodo of the nine fingers. <laughs> Why does he have nine <laughs> fingers? I, d- I don't know. Why indeed? Why indeed? <laughs> uh, then we, we jump from that directly into uh, some sleeping chambers in Edoras. We have been here before because this is the same set that was Theodred's bedroom. Oh. Where Wormtongue was creepy. Yep. And really compelling like as far as an actor goes <laughs> and Eowyn was also very good sleepy Gimli Gimli is just out sleepy Pippin and yep in the in the commentary John Reese davies is just you know it's actually elves who fart that's so I can't believe we didn't talk about like the fart jokes yeah but it's maybe it's for the best yeah it's for the best it's just funny when, when John Rhys Davies just craps on elves in the commentary. <laughs> like, yeah, it makes me laugh. Yeah, and then we get uh, Aragorn kind of gets up. Uh, yeah, dude, what is Aragorn doing? Stocking it. So, I actually have the answer for you. Oh. So, this scene in this first room here uh, is put back in the extended. Because in the theatrical, it just jumps to Pippin waking up and like going for the Palantir. Yeah. So, in the extended, there's this. They talk about this real quickly, this walk into where Eowyn is and stuff. This is how the movie would have started if it had started with Aragorn waking up from the nightmare. This is the scene that it would have gone into. Weird. That moment in the in the chamber anyway. Yeah. And then possibly into this, like, 
And then probably the celebration, because uh, I think when they were planning that, I think they mentioned that the celebration scene would have been at the end of Two Towers mm. instead of in this movie. So that this would have made sense, like, for Aragorn to walk out and find Eowyn asleep here. Yeah. Because it would have been after, like, the party or whatever. Right. So, yes, there is your answer. That is what Aragorn was doing. He had a bad dream. He had a bad dream. And someone else had a bad dream, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah. I guess, I'll, because I kind of touched, I mentioned it, I'm just going to touch now because we're going to talk about it more. But I do think it's interesting that at least in the planning stages, they were going to have both of these uh, people of royalty wake up from bad dreams in such close proximity to each other in the story, both of which are prophetic. Mm. So that, I think, is really interesting. John, John Howe, I think it's John Howe, talks for like three or four minutes over the, the commentary about the relationship between royal women in stories and prophetic dreams during this scene with Eowyn. Which is kind of interesting. He just like kind of just goes on and on about it. How like oftentimes that's like a trope. Yeah, I, I guess I I haven't I've never really thought about it that yeah. way. Does Guinevere have prophetic dreams? I probably. I don't remember. I haven't I, read um, any Arthur stuff in so long. Yeah, I'm like lacking in Arthurian legend. Even though I love a lot of the Arthurian symbolism. Yeah. Which is part of my love of Theoden, because there's a whole bunch of it around him. Right. Like the, the fallen King Arthur, which is the best King Arthur. Um, I guess since we're talking about literature again, and my brain's on Shakespeare, Lady Macbeth has a prophetic dream. Mm. Well, prof- like nightmare, right? Well, that's what this is. I mean, nightmares are just negative dreams. Yeah. I mean, that whole... When you think about it. Nonsense. I haven't most... read Macbeth in a while. Yeah. I mean, Macbeth, I haven't read Macbeth in uh, quite a while either, but Macbeth was always my favorite Shakespeare story. Really? Yeah, I love Macbeth. Macbeth and then Hamlet. Oh. was like my top two. Uh, I definitely prefer his tragedies. Yeah. Taming of the Shrew is really funny. I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. I th- I... I'm pretty sure this has come up in the podcast before. <laughs> yeah. um, I should reread Macbeth. It's been a while. I have it. It's on the shelf. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, it's hard as an adult to find time to read from time to time. So, yeah, Aragorn comes out into this space. This is one of the best looks at the Great Hall that we get in the trilogy, mm-hmm. like between the two movies it's in. And while it's like a dark scene, there's plenty of light to highlight some of the details that are kind of missed in some other scenes. Yeah. We get uh, another really good look at the woodwork above the banners behind Theoden's throne right at the back of the scene. It's far away, but this it's really clear in the shot. Uh, the way it's framed, it's almost like it's kind of drawing your, it wants to, uh, the cinematography wants to draw your focus towards the back of the room as Aragorn comes out of that door. Mm. Like the, I think that that being so clear in the shot, like helps you track Aragorn's movement in the scene. These two big iron, like, uh, things holding up the spit over the, the fire are really cool. They call them, um, I think they called them hellhounds in the, in the commentary. Ooh. They have like a vaguely, like a vaguely dog shape on the edges of them. I was like, why would they call them that? And I was kind of looking at them and I'm like, I can kind of see that. I don't know if maybe that's just a word for those. Uh, maybe. It makes sense if their their purpose is to um, hold, hold things fire. in the fire. Yeah. yeah. It's just something I was not uh, like conscious of. Oh, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit because I actually like this little piece of character work from Pip, from uh, from Billy Boyd here. Mm. where he's like struggling to go back to sleep because he's clearly thinking about the Palantir. Yeah. It's a good little thing. So, okay. My question about Eowyn just sleeping in the hall. Mm. Um, She lives here 
why isn't she why didn't she just go to her room she went to her room to change she's barefoot she doesn't have her dress on right maybe they're all sleeping in her room she gave them all the all the the other space and she just wanted to stay out here by the fire i don't know that seems weird maybe she does this a lot because she's sad and lonely I, i don't know didn't you ever don't you ever sleep on the couch when you're sad I used to all the time. When I was a kid? Yeah. Or just like in general. I did as like a teenager a lot. I would fall asleep on the... I had a bed in my room and a couch and I would fall asleep on the couch in my room all the time instead of the bed. See, I shared a room with my sister till I was 18, so we didn't have room for a couch. Mm. (laughs) And then I fall asleep. I, I used to fall asleep on the couch upstairs in front of the living room TV when I was like a sad 16 year old boy. Oh, no, my parents just told me to go to my room. I would get up in the middle of the night and, like, go watch TV. Oh. And then, like, fall asleep sad. No, I would, uh, I'd get in trouble if I did that. Mm. <laughs> my parents were very strict. I don't know. We weren't allowed to watch TV after 8 o'clock. It was just this weird thing. Like, sometimes when I was just, like, kind of depressed as a kid, I didn't want to be in my bed. I, I always want to be in my bed. <laughs> it just, like, made me feel more sad. But the couch doesn't? Yeah, it's weird. Okay. I don't know if anyone listening to this can relate to that really particular this feeling. This is unrelatable content for me. Mm. But yeah, so also I was and a I'm sleepwalker. Like, I'm like the queen of depression naps. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's true. You just got out of your bed all the time. Yeah. I Yeah, I, I, I mean, I woke up in the tub sometimes. That's so weird. With like a pillow in my, my blanket. <laughs> just curled up in the tub. It's like, what time is it? It's still dark outside. What time? Go back is to it? bed. <laughs> yeah, Aragorn comes out of the room. He's headed for the little fire pit. He pokes around in a little. He very sexily stuffs his pipe back in his belt. I don't even. I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, I wouldn't describe it as sexy. I don't know. Just everything Viggo Mortensen has done. Mortensen <laughs> does is just slightly like sexy. like in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, just just a little, or. I haven't, I've only ever seen trailers from it, but I assume he just walks around all sexy in Hidalgo. Oh, you should watch that. I would probably really like it because I know you it would. has a lot to do with like some real world history. Yeah. So that's cool. I like Eowyn's cloak. Yeah, I like this, um, this light blue outfit that she's got going on. Mm. Aragorn very tenderly covers her foot when he notices that it's, it's out. Mm-hmm. Dude, what if she's temperature regulating? No wonder right. she wakes up. Yeah, she's like... Uh, it's too warm. No wonder she had a bad dream. It's too warm. <laughs> yeah. Go to well, she's she was by the fire. Go to bed, Awen. She is. She's sleeping. Go to your room. What time is it? <laughs> this is a very tender moment. And it only kind of gets more tender. It's really cute. It is really cute. And uh What a gentleman. Yeah, he's just like, oh, her feet must be cold. Oh, this isn't far enough up her shoulders. I'll just kind of tuck her in, cover her feet, and then turn to go back to to where I was sleeping. To doing whatever broody ranchers do. (laughs) And then she, what time is (laughs) And she wakes up, and Aragorn's just like a deer in the headlights. Oh. Now I have to talk to her. (laughs) Oh, no. It's the night after the party. Right? We're both sober. (laughs) Now I have to have a conversation. I drank from your cup. (laughs) Yeah, this is a very different sort of intimate. This is like the the last one is sensual, but has like a certain amount of like sexual energy to it. A certain amount, he says. Like a lot. It's more sexual than sensual. The the thing with the cup. 
I don't. It starts this, off sensual, but I mean, the way that they part in the it's scene. It's not necessarily mutually exclusive. Like, right. I mean, it starts off sensual, but it becomes more sexually charged, like at the end, the way they're, that Vigo's given her eyes. No, dude, it starts and finishes. <laughs> Just the main, the, the, the sustained eye contact. Yeah. But this, this starts off, this, this, none of this scene is sexual to me. Oh, no, it's very um, familiar. Yeah. Like, I would describe... That's why I'm saying it's a different sort of intimacy. Right. Uh, in general, I would describe, like, this kind of tenderness, given the the relationship established in the movie, as sensual. Why? Kind of the way that the camera uh, observes Eowyn in the scene, and then also Aragorn's expressions as we, we go through mm. tomorrow. Like, there, there's more of it in tomorrow. That's fair. Uh, Aragorn is clearly, like, more into this, I think, than we've seen him in any previous scene. In what way? He seems more into Eowyn in this scene than he has previously. Oh. That's kind of where I'm going. And we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about it tomorrow. Okay. Uh, but I do, I do really like this scene. This is one of the, this is some of the best, uh, this is some of the better acting of Miranda Otto in the, in the movie. How, how dare you? That's not to say that she's not <laughs> great all the way through. Uh, but even even Miranda Otto at times in the commentary is just like, I wish I hadn't been so weepy in some of these scenes. Mm. She she felt like some of them, because they did multiple takes and different emotional levels, and then they kind of used what they felt was the best take. Yeah. And then some stuff made in the movie and some stuff didn't. She kind of wished she knew what was going to wind up in the movie, so she had a more a better idea of what kind of consistent tone she should have right. performed for all of her scenes. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. And that makes some of the... Some of her scenes kind of stand out as feeling kind of awkward, like the because they love you scene. That's just awkward be- anyway. But I think if she hadn't been so, if she hadn't played it so like desperate and like struggling and more uh, more subdued, it might not come across as so jarring like it does. I don't know. But isn't that like, that's the take that they used. Right. So in a scene that they decided to cut. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't the responsibility for that fall more on the director? Yes, uh, because it, it does. I mean, like, you're supposed to be keeping track of, like, the consistency of the the what your actors are right. doing. Yeah. That's your job. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it was hard for the actors, too, because stuff's being filmed out, out of, of order. sequence, yeah. yeah. So Over they have the to... course of, like, 18 months. Yeah, so, like, th- there's a lot going on here. I I really I think that this piece of acting is really comparable to her scene with Wormtongue in Two Towers, mm. uh, which I've said before is um, like my favorite Eowyn scene. Like we talked about that at length last season. Yeah, uh, it's also my favorite Wormtongue scene. Imagine that. Uh, Brad Dourif <laughs> and Miranda Otto have like an incredible amount of chemistry with each other, and I I would be curious to see them in other things together. Mm. And I don't know if they ever really have. I don't know if they ever have been in Dude, anything else together. Dude, we gotta watch Sabrina. We do. She's she Aunt Zelda or Aunt Hilda? Aunt Hilda. Uh, I think she's Aunt Zelda. Hmm. I know. We need to watch that. <laughs> we do. Love me some Miranda. Tis, Otto. tis the season. It 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 is the spooky season. <laughs> uh, I have I have uh, more to say about this stuff tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so we should kind of save some of that because I don't really have a whole lot of other. I don't really have a whole lot of other notes for this scene, uh, except for stuff that I would rather talk you about have tomorrow. A lot more to say about this than I do. I'm surprised. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Why? I don't know. I just. I, I just. I think it's no that... cup scene, Norman. <laughs> <laughs> I. I think that this is like just as important of a scene when it comes to these two characters' relationships, but also it's it's like kind of pointing at a different relationship in a way than the cup scene was. Mm. And at a different relationship than their scenes in Two Towers. So I think it's really interesting for that reason. But if you don't have anything else for today, we're going to say goodbye for today. It is Wednesday, my dudes. So tomorrow <laughs> will be Thursday. Uh, and Halloween. And ha- tomorrow is Halloween. And, I uh, really wish we had a super spooky minute. I know. It's not very at all. If we had started like way earlier. No, even <laughs> if we had started it like, I don't know. If we'd started it like on Sunday, we'd have like Palantir shenanigans. Yeah. Or like a week, a week, a week uh, I mean, like if we'd started the movie like three months earlier, Shelob would be popping up. Oh. <laughs> three months. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> I, I can't lie to anyone. Three that was, months. That was never a possibility. <laughs> not, not in the cards. We are going to talk about a spooky dream tomorrow, I guess. Not really. It's not even it's that just a bad spooky. Dream. It's not even that bad. But uh, I've had no. worse dreams, though, yeah. and suck it up and go to your room. So <laughs> check out all the other Movies by Minute podcasts on DuelingGenre.com, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, Cornetto Minute, Spider-Man Minute, Jay and Silent Bob Minute. There's a whole bunch of them. Check them out. There's a drop down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to the Dueling Rub- uh, the Dueling genre website to find us instead of subscribing somewhere you probably have to go to that drop down so you see them all and how so we'll be back tomorrow to talk about sleepy sleepy aon bye go to your room